Welcome to You Are Not Broken, the only podcast that combines science, medicine, and psychology to re-educate your brain and help you live your best love life. And I'm your host, board-certified female urologist, Dr. Casperson. Hey friends, today I'm here with Dr. Robin Tiger. She and I met through the Life Coach School, which we got certified at the same time. And you actually, I think, reached out to me recently about connecting and working together because of some of the sexual side effects in a good way that you were noticing in some of the women that you were working with. So I said, why don't you come on the podcast? Because all the women need to know about what's going on and how women are being successful and being helped. So thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I love your podcast. I'm so excited to be here. Super, super honored. So, yes. Uh, So tell us, give us your background and your story. Like, how did you get to this point? Well, how much time do we have, Cal? (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) Well, I got to this point. Let's just start in the sense that I was a really stressed out, burned out doc. And I was doing it all. You know, I had two little kids. I had a husband, a dog, a house. I was on the board of everything and every committee. And I just noticed a lot of illnesses coming involving me and my body. I had all kinds of things happening like migraines and body pain and tinnitus and vertigo and reflux and bizarre numbness. We call them paresthesias, my hands and feet, all kinds of stuff like that. Nobody could figure it out. Nobody knew what was wrong with me. And... One other thing that I happened to notice was that things were quiet down below. (laughs) Like I wasn't really feeling like a woman. Everything seemed shut off. My desire, my interest, my sensation, like everything just really quiet. And this started, I'm in my mid fifties now. So this probably started late thirties, early forties, I would say, where I really noticed a difference in how I was feeling. and. After I took a whole bunch of pills and I had therapy and nothing was really helping, I decided to go on an exploration to figure out how I could help myself. You know, is there something else outside traditional medicine that I'm missing, that all my doc colleagues that I'm seeing are missing? And there was a lot of talk about things like yoga, things like meditation that was coming out in the media, coming out in magazines and newspapers and news and medical literature. (laughs) And I said, what is this stuff? You know, I'm a gym rat. I'm not doing that. (laughs) Those were those people over there. And uh, I'd be on my cross trainer and the treadmill, like looking at them, like, yeah, they're just kind of weird. And I just said, you know, that stuff is something I haven't tried yet. And I have nothing to lose and everything to gain. So I got my next door neighbor who's a nurse. And there was this yoga 101 class down the street. And we said one New Year's, let's just check it out. And if it sucks, (laughs) we'll just go out and get some dinner. (laughs) At least we're out of the house. And so that was my beginning to exploring things outside traditional medicine. And what I noticed after that first class was that I started to have this major shift in all of those symptoms that I described to you, all of the headaches and the the reflux and the pain in my body and the numbness and this lack of sensation in my genital area, this lack of knowing that I'm a woman, this lack of feeling alive down there switched. And I would start to feel differently. 
And I used to call that vacation mode. I call it vacation mode because, you know, traditionally as a doctor, we would have a week off, like a Saturday to Saturday. And I'd go in a Saturday and it took until about Tuesday or Wednesday where I would feel I'm in vacation mode, where I felt well rested. I felt relaxed. I could smell the amazing tropical flowers. I could taste incredible food. I would feel like, kind of like, oh, (laughs) here she is. She's awake again. And I would only get that feeling a few times a year. And I was, as I joked with you before, um, we talked about this, that I felt like I was Kelly McGillis in that movie Top Gun. (laughs) When there's that amazing scene where, where Tom Cruise playing Maverick and Goose are singing to Charlie, Kelly McGillis, and they're singing, Who Lost That Love and Feeling? <laughs> now, I'm going to spare you singing. But that song, so many times I would feel that was me. I lost that love and feeling until it's Tuesday or Wednesday of my vacation. And I'm in vacation mode. And I just figured that was me. That's just my life. That's how it is. Didn't ever talk about it. Never, never discussed it with anybody. Just figured, mm, oh well, at least a couple times a year, I, I feel that way again. So back to exploring the yoga and meditation, as I continue diving deeper into that, as I started to go to more classes and attend more workshops, I started to feel differently in my own body to the point where I could feel that way. I could no longer have lost that love and feeling. (laughs) I could have vacation mode whenever I wanted to. Simply by learning how to decrease the stress in my body, that stress response that cranks down our arousal, our desire, everything that goes along with that, and increase that relaxation response, which is basically learning how to regulate our nervous system. And so as I learned how to do that, as I had neuroplasticity, which means building new neural pathways, as I was retraining my body, I was feeling alive. I was feeling like a woman. I was feeling vacation mode (laughs) on a daily basis. And so I said, all right, well, I fixed myself. And then here comes the other amazing part. My clients who come to me for stress reduction, for relieving pain in their body, to improve their focus and concentration, all of these things, they would write all kinds of reviews, all these things I'm mentioning to you. But then I get a PS. I got to tell you something. <laughs> this, this stuff we're doing together, this is improving my sex life. I've got libido again. I have a sex drive again. You know, my spouse is mostly female clients. We're, we're back in the bedroom having fun. And I just never anticipated that, you know, what I would be teaching them was going to be improving that part of their life. I knew about all the other stuff. And that only helped me get that love and feeling back, (laughs) but it helped my clients get that love and feeling back. And it's been really, really rewarding to be able to share these tools with them. Oh my God. First of all, this is amazing on so many levels. What I'm going to do now is open up the phones, pay her $20,000 and this (laughs) can be yours. Like literally women are like, my wallet is open. Take my money. (laughs) We're not going to do that. We're just going to keep going into this. But like that, like I'm listening to you and the women are like, 
oh my God. And I think the most powerful thing for me listening to your story is that you weren't born this way. Because I think a lot of women, men, anybody, anybody who sees kind of that like well-rounded, can roll with the punches, sees the joy in life, like, you know, the water runs off the duck's back person, they just assume that you're special, you were born that way. It's not Mm -hmm. for the regular person because there's something just inherently, you just got it and everybody else doesn't. And Mm -hmm. I think that part of your story of like, no, you are just where everybody else is and you found the path is all the more compelling to be like, you didn't start out this way. It was the byproduct of the work you did. Can you want to talk about that a little bit more? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I'm normal. (laughs) And anyone listening out there, you're normal too. So if you're feeling how I'm feeling or how I felt, it's just the way we're wired, right? There's nothing wrong with you, right? It's, it's that stress response, which I alluded to. So you know, just to tap into that a little bit so you can understand a little bit more about that. We have this part of our nervous system called the autonomic nervous system, right? Which in med school, it sounds like automatic. So that's how I remembered it. Because this is like automatic things happening. Like your heart's just beating, your breath is just happening, your body's breathing, you're not telling your heart to beat or your body to breathe, right? It just happens automatically. So this, this nervous system has two main components. It's got the sympathetic component, which is the stress response. And that's like kind of in your car when you put your foot on the gas pedal. And then it's got the parasympathetic component, which is the relaxation response. And that's like in your car, putting the brake pedal on. And you want both of these pedals in your car to work, right? You want them both to be friends and to be working. So your car is working properly. And when we have these different portions in our nervous system that we want them to work like friends too. We want to keep homeostasis or balance in our body at all times. And when there's an acute stress, like a real emergency, we want that, that pedal, that gas pedal to be able to work. We want that to work, but in order for that stress response to work properly in an emergency, a lot of other things are shut down. Digestion is shut down. Your immune system shut down. Your sexual arousal, all the things that, that are required for you to, as a male, have an erection or as a female to have, you know, blood flow and engorgement and lubrication, all of these things, they get shut down. And that's okay because in an emergency, we don't need those things, right? But when we have stress on board all the time, chronic stress, a lot of it, most of the time is related to the words that our brain's telling us. And Kelly and I know a lot about that through life coaching. But our body reacts the same way because it can't tell the difference. There's no real emergency, but all those things shut down, including what's going on, you know, for your sexual arousal, for your desire, you know, all the things that are needed for you to feel that way. So we learn, need to learn how to put the brake pedal on. How is it that I was feeling better? How is it that my clients are feeling better? The reason they're feeling better, the reason I know how to feel better is because I learned and I teach them how to put the brake pedal on, how to initiate the relaxation response that allows for you to feel desire and arousal, that allows for the erection, that allows for the lubrication and the tumescence or the the engorgement, right, of the clitoris. So I dove into the literature to understand this physiology because I'm a left brain doc and I'm like, wait, why is this happening? So if it makes sense to you, we need to basically put the brake pedal on and we need to learn how to do that. That's what self-care does. You know, that's what tools are that I teach, that I practice so that 
you can put that brake pedal on whenever you need to and create those new neural pathways that will work really quickly to bring them on when you need to pull them out of your toolbox so you can feel differently. You can get rid of that chronic stress because cortisol, which is the chronic stress hormone, is what's really also responsible for causing you to feel like you've lost that love and feeling. (laughs) So we need to decrease that chronic stress hormone so that you can feel like yourself again. What I love about this approach is I think so many people get here because of more like woo-woo-wee, if you just buy the right crystal or you have a certain Eastern philosophy belief, it's like all of this stuff that's foreign to us. And where you're coming from is a very Western-based medicine. This is inherent in our body. We just, we've never been taught the tools. And I think that's so much more graspable for people who are like, I don't really know if I want to believe in the, you know, the seventh stage of karma and blah, blah, blah. (laughs) You don't have to. You can come at this from wherever you are. And truly Western trained physicians have harnessed their belief system in making this work. Would you say that's a nice summary of how you come at it? Yeah, I think it's a beautiful summary because like I said, I'm a gym rat. (laughs) So I was super skeptical about these other things. And what helped me was not only experiencing it, but wrapping my left brain around the physiology, because after all, we're doctors, right? So I like to understand the why behind everything that I can. And that makes a lot more sense. And actually, when you understand the why, you're more apt to do things and you're going to have a better result than if I were just to tell you to do X, Y, and Z. I think that really bringing that physiology piece in and understanding it is key. So it's not (laughs) woo-woo. Love it. I definitely, I want to get into tips and tricks, but just like my people are the cynics, right? Like my people are like the sarcastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It works for you because you're born beautiful and calm. All that. So I'm like, I still got to harness my cynics in here and then we're going to get the techniques. But what would you say to the person? And I would be this person of like, it is so easy for me to do a 45 minute hit lift session than to sit on a cushion for 10 minutes. Like, what about the people who are like, I just can't, or like break down that barrier just a little bit more for us. And then we'll get to the, we'll get to the good stuff. Sure. Well, I love hit. <laughs> and I take hit classes every other day and I do spin every other day in between. And sometimes I do things twice a day. And I can tell you, that I don't have that love and feeling after those classes. I feel great, but I'm not ready to crawl back into bed with my husband (laughs) after my 6 a.m. classes. I am more ready to crawl back in with my husband after I do some of my self-care tools from yoga meditation. That said, there are lots of preconceived notions about sitting uncomfortably in the quiet, making weird noises, listening to weird music, wearing strange clothes, and that it also takes a really long time. So I work a lot with some very skeptical populations. Number one, doctors. (laughs) I've got clients of all shapes and sizes and all career paths and from soccer moms to corporate executives to docs to SWAT teams, firefighters, police officers. Okay, so docs and SWAT team, firefighter, police officers are probably my highest, most skeptical clients. And what I share is that you can do something for just a couple minutes. And it's kind of like a smorgasbord or a buffet where there's so many different tools you can choose from that what happens is you end up choosing things that feel really good for you. And that doesn't mean that you have to do anything for 45 minutes. Now, certainly if you want to, that's awesome, but you don't have to. 
Most of the lessons I teach are 15 minutes or less. And just what I teach doesn't mean it even takes that long. And that's because people are busy, you know? So my programs that I created are in, I call them self-care snacks (laughs) because they're short because people are busy, you know, have a podcast short, 15 minutes or less, you know, this is what you can do for yourself. And nobody can really argue with me. They don't have time because I, I asked the busiest of docs and the busiest of clients, what's the least amount of time you have in any given day to do something for yourself, which includes scrolling on your phone. And the answer would be 15 minutes, which is where I came up with that magical number that I will teach you something in 15 minutes or less, which means you can do something in 15 minutes or less. And if there's something that, that you learn that you don't like, there are hundreds of other things that you can do. So that's okay too. That's so approachable. I love the saying, it's like the Buddhist sage or something. And they're like, what do you do when you can't meditate for 20 minutes? They're like, you meditate for 40. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking like, man, I scrolled on my phone. I was so tired coming home from work the other day. I scrolled on my phone so long. And now I'm like, I could have meditated. That would have been a two hour meditation. Now I'm just shitting myself, but (laughs) (laughs) no shitting. Right. It's so approachable to be like, to even look at like, why don't you have 15 minutes for self-care? Mm-hmm. Right. And kind of look at it that way of like, of course, if you don't even have that much for yourself, let's really look at what, how you're choosing to spend your life. Okay. So talk to us about simple 15 minutes. Do we do breath yeah. work? Do we do meditation? What, what do you offer people just to get started on this? Yeah. Well, first I like to offer a little bit more knowledge in that particularly the skeptics, just one important piece of knowledge, and then we'll get into some of the different tools, is I like to let people know that chronic stress is the cause of almost every symptom that is brought to a primary care doc. Sleeping, body pain, digestion, arguing <laughs> with, with family, not getting along, you know, a lot of things, right? So that's number one. And number two is that chronic stress has been associated with the most common chronic illnesses in our country. Hypertension, heart disease, stroke, diabetes, progression and growth of cancer. And it's associated with decreased longevity, which means that you actually live a shorter life because it affects us down to the genetic level. These little protective ends of our chromosomes called telomeres actually shorten more quickly with chronic stress. So I always like to share with people that not only how does it work, what's going on in the physiology, but you know, do you have time to try and prevent a heart attack, a stroke, diabetes, hypertension, cancer? Do you want to live longer? You brush your teeth, right? So you don't want cavities. So do you have time to try and prevent the most common diseases in our country? And the answer should be yes. <laughs> so I think that it's important for us to also to share that because when you realize that you're actually taking care of yourself, just like you brush your teeth, you do these things to keep your stress response down so you can prevent disease, the common diseases that you don't want to get. And that's been also a really big incentive for people to understand how they're really working towards their well-being and their health. We spend so much time managing diseases, but can we prevent or even reverse some of it? So I think that's really, you know, a wonderful segue into some of the things that we could do. I like that. It's like, if having a good sex life isn't enough for you, do you want to live longer? <laughs> and do you want to live longer healthy? Okay, now we're sold. 
Now I have my sleeves for you. I'm ready. Excellent. Okay. So there are lots of categories of what we can do. I like to break break the categories for self-care down into three main categories. There are three main shifts that I like to talk about. And the first one, as you mentioned, is you know taking care of your breath. The thing about the breath is so interesting in that your breath does four things. And I'm not going to quiz Kelly because nobody knows this, right? It's, it's okay. I learned it later on in life, not in medical school. But your breath can calm you down. Your breath can energize you. Your breath can cool you off. And your breath can heat you up. So depending on how you breathe, you can do one of those four things. So with respect to wanting to feel calmer, you know, we work on cooling and calming breath, right? We don't work on energizing and heating breath. So the way that you can work with your breath to feel calmer, to put that brake pedal on, right? To tap into that parasympathetic nervous system is that we do two things with our breath. Physiology tells us that our exhale is the key to our relaxation response. So we inhale, our heart rate goes up, that's stimulating. When we exhale, our heart rate goes down and the blood pressure goes up and down as well. And so when we focus on breathing in a way that we lengthen our exhale breath, then we naturally calm ourselves down because in our bodies, this isn't woo, this really happens. Our heart rate goes down, our blood pressure goes down. We tap into that parasympathetic nervous system, the brake pedal goes on. This vagus nerve? Yeah, so the second component, smart, smart Dr. Kelly over there, is the vagus vagus nerve also. So the location of your breath is really important. So when we breathe into our chest, that sympathetic nervous system, that stress response. When you are stressful breathing, you're breathing in a shallow way up here in your chest. When you breathe into your belly, your abdomen, you're tapping into what what Dr. Kelly just said, (laughs) the vagus nerve, which the vagus is like wanderer. I think that's what it means in Latin. And it goes all the way, it starts up in your brain and goes all the way through your body. And the vagus nerve is the most important nerve associated with the parasympathetic nervous system or that brake pedal. So the location of your breath is very important. So when you direct your breath down further into your body, into your belly, you're tapping into that vagal tone, that vagus nerve. So two important components of breath is understanding the length of your exhale and breathing into your belly. Those are the two components of your breath that will allow you to feel calmer. No one ever tells us these things, right? (laughs) The second thing is taking care of your mind. We do that with meditation. And people think that you have to sit quietly in an uncomfortable position and put your hands in some weird formation and be very, very, you know, ouchy in your back and all this business. Meditation comes in so many different flavors, so many different flavors. I am certified in what's called iRest. It's like little I, big R, like the iPhone. And that meditation was originally created for Walter Reed Army Hospital several decades ago to help our military with PTSD and the suffering that they were associated with that. And it's very secular, it's evidence-based, it's trauma-informed, and it's been found to be so helpful with chronic pain that in 2010, the Department of Defense declared this meditation a tier one treatment for chronic pain, which basically means it's like taking an opioid. How do I not know this? I deal with chronic pain every single day. Okay. 
And chronic pain is most commonly related to chronic stress. And that's because one of the things that happens when we're stressed is that our muscles tense up. Because if you remember, when we talked about the acute stress response, we want our muscles to tense up. We want to be able to do that emergency thing that we have to do. But when we're chronically stressed, our muscles are tensing all the time, 24-7. And then our brain thinks that's the new norm. So our muscles get stuck, which is why you see people with their shoulders forward and their head forward and their back is hurting them, right? So because chronic stress is the cause of most chronic pain, I'm not talking about if you've had some sort of injury, but in general, that's why people have pain. This type of meditation, which is based a lot in science and how our brain's or mapping our bodies, releases chronic pain to the point that our own military <laughs> is using it instead of opioids since 2010. So taking care of your mind, working with meditation, this is my go-to, which is guided by the way, so you're listening, you're not sitting there quietly. And that second, taking care of your mind is the life coaching that we do. It's really learning how to work with your thoughts learning that our circumstances don't determine how we feel, how we show up and our results really are thinking. And then that third shift is taking care of your body. And what's really, really interesting is I learned a specific way of movement called somatics. Now you can stretch all you want. If I say to you right now, sit up straight, Everybody can do it, wherever you are. Even if you're driving, sit up straight. But you pull your shoulders back, straight, lengthen your spine, blah, blah, blah. And then if I, then if I just say, okay, stop, and what's going to happen? <laughs> your shoulders are going to come forward again. Your spine's going to round. And you can do that all day long, right? And that's because the stretch of a muscle is a reflex. It's called a stretch reflex. So when you stretch your muscle, it's like a rubber band. You stretch it, it feels really good. You release it, it goes back to where it was. And so we can do that all day long. I can tell you to pull your shoulders back all day long and you're just going to pull them back and it's going to go forward. Pull them back and go forward. <laughs> You've probably been playing that game for years, right? So what I learned was that there's a different way of movement called somatics. Somatic yoga, somatics, all different names for it. And it's actually the opposite of stretching. And what it is is that you contract into a tight muscle and you slowly release it. And you do this at the same time as that you're sensing that muscle contracting and releasing. So it's called eccentric contraction or pendiculation, which is contracting into a tight muscle and releasing it. And then introception, which is paying attention on purpose to how it feels for you to actually do these movements. And when you do those two things, over time, you increase the resting length of your muscle you basically unravel those knots and they stay unraveled and you feel better in your body. You no longer have pain in your body. It is unbelievable. I mean, I was like this. I know some of you are listening, not looking. I had one shoulder up near my ear. The other one was down. I was in a really bad car accident several years ago and I completely straightened up my body. I've got clients that have had back pain since childhood. I had one doc that after 40 years, she finally has no pain in her back. She had a gymnastics accident as a kid. She goes to acupuncture, physical therapy, massage, chiropractor, you name it. Nothing has helped. And now she's pain-free. So that third component is learning how to move your body in a way that you can release that chronic tension and let it stay released so that you feel better in your body. So those are the three, the three shifts, three changes, three main categories of tools that I work with and that I teach others. 
Amazing. So where can people go to learn more if they want to learn more about breath work and parasympathetic? Can you send people and I'll put all the links in the show notes, but can you have like, do you have like go-to resources for people if they wanted to dive deeper? Yeah. So my website, stressfreemd.net is the mothership of where all of the, all of my offerings are living. I have a program specifically for doctors called RX Center Peace that CME accredited that is hybrid. It's online self-paced learning and group and one-on-one coaching. And then so many nurses, nurse practitioners and PAs said, what about us? So I created six other programs that are not only accredited for those healthcare professionals, but are open to the general public. And there are specific programs on meditation, on somatic movement, on eye rest, on breath, you know, on all of these things I'm talking about. If you want to have a taste, I have three free self-care videos on my website. Um, You can go to free offerings and I have one breathing tool, one somatic movement to release tension in your neck and shoulders and one guided meditation, which is I rest. So you can go and check out those free videos. And I teach one really, really amazing breathing tool on my podcast on the episode called Hail to Your Exhale. So the Stress-Free MD podcast, Hail to Your Exhale. You can check that out. And I'll also teach you how to do this one breathing tool that has been very, very effective for myself and so many others. Awesome. What would you say if, if people are like, what's the prescription? How much should I do intentional breathing a day? How much should I meditate? How much should I do the body movement? What's your thought for like being in a good place once you're there? Like what's your maintenance plan? You check in all day long right? You check in all day long. So, you know, life happens. You know, you're going to get a phone call that's going to upset you. You know, you're going to watch something on TV. It's going to upset you. You're going to hear something. You're going to see something. Your brain's going to tell you words that are going to upset you. So the thing is, it's a lifestyle. You check in all day long. And when you have tools and you check in, meaning, you know, how are you feeling? You can put your hand on your body and say, do I feel my breath in my belly? Is my belly moving when I breathe? Uh-uh. Okay. I need to bring my breath deeper into my body. You know, what's happening with my, how am I sitting at my desk? How am I sitting in my car? How am I sitting, standing in the OR, right? So what am I doing? You know, oh, okay. So it's really a lifestyle. You're checking in all day long to keep yourself as healthy as possible. And you're pulling in whatever tools that you enjoy after you learn them to help you get to that place where you can feel calm. You can feel grounded so that you're focused, so that you are in a really good place. And when you practice these tools, it's very quick for you to feel better. You know, it's, it's, again, you're building these new neural pathways. You're retraining your brain and you're retraining your body so that you have a much quicker relaxation response when you pull anything out. I love it. That's so important because I think so many people think it's like a destination to get to, and then you just get to live there. And you're saying like, no, it was flip the switch. Like as much as we stress our body, we need to work on de-stressing our body. And it's a continual yin and yang of being more fluid in between the states instead of like, I live in this state. I want to exist in this state. Yeah. The reality is we're not all going to be like, you know, hanging out calm all the time. Who's like that? Nobody. (laughs) The important thing is that you have superpowers that you can use to get you back to that place. So it's first, it's the knowledge of how to do it. And then it's the implementation. It's actually doing them. And it can take less than a minute. I mean, I'm to the point where I can just, you know, breathe in a certain way for less than a minute. And I'm just, I've readjusted. 
my house became the cool house, right? All my kids' friends were like, we want to hang out with you. And they would be at my house where my kids weren't even there because they just felt calm, right? And then I taught them all kinds of stuff too. But people will feel your energy. People will feel how different it is to be around you. And they'll want to be around you. And they'll want what you're having <laughs> once you start to feel better all by yourself. We talk, I don't talk about this enough, but I think for women in sex specifically is that transition, they don't want to have sex. They're in the stress. I just got finished with work. I just put the kids to bed. I haven't had a moment to myself. And to say, of course, I don't want sex right now. Mm-hmm. And to realize you're not broken, of course, mm-hmm. you don't want sex right now. Let's talk about what simple tips we can do to transition them to be like, sex is important. I, we planned on it happening tonight, but I'm in this resistant you know, stress zone. How do we work, talk about transitioning to like, I, I want to get here tonight and it's not a mm-hmm. light switch. What can we do? Yeah, it's definitely not a light switch. Wouldn't that be amazing if we had a switch we could just flick? I always want a switch to go to the bathroom. Yeah. I, was like, I wish I had a switch, <laughs> but I also wish I could have a switch to all of a sudden be like into it, right? It's just, there is no switch. So your, your transition word is a very, very important transition. It's a very, to enter this same way is transition, right? So, I like to think of it as a dimmer switch. <laughs> so instead of an actual switch, we have a dimmer switch. It's going to take a little bit of time to turn that switch totally off or to turn that switch totally on, however you want to look at it. And I know that if I'm planning something with my husband or, you know, or I want to, <laughs> I will take a few minutes to myself. I think everyone should have a corner of their, of their house somewhere that's just theirs. It doesn't have to be a separate room. You know, it's a place that feels comfortable to you. It has maybe some pillows and blankets, just a place where you won't be disturbed if possible. And I like to go to that place and I'll do some breathing that works for me. You know, I'll do some of these somatic movements. I'm talking less than 10 minutes. I will do some things to relax my body, to come back into my body and out of my crazy thinking mind. And once we can become embodied, because we spend most of our time disembodied, we're from, from our shoulders up, that's where we live most of the time. What we're really doing is becoming re-embodied. We're coming back into our bodies and we give our mind a chance to just be quiet and release and create space so that you can actually come back into your body. And so I believe that everyone deserves to, to have that transition period to realize that a dimmer switch is okay. And then how do you use that dimmer switch? You can do some breathing tools that work for you. You can do some movements that work for you. You can do some type of meditation that works for you. And then you will feel like you haven't lost that love and feeling. (laughs) You will feel like you're in vacation mode and you'll have a much better relationship with your partner and yourself, you know, if you're by yourself. Uh, and I think, you know, going back to the vagus nerve of, we know in spinal cord severed individuals, they can experience orgasm and pleasure still via mm-hmm. that vagus nerve because it bypasses the traditional highway of the spinal cord. And like, that's me being an expert and not an expert and probably like destroying the neuroscience behind that. But like the vagus nerve and activating that through the parasympathetic switch is incredibly important for that pelvic health relaxation and pleasure. Mm-hmm. It's not woo-woo, people. It's our design. Yeah, it's the way we're made. Yeah, if you want to bring woo-woo into it, go for it. But you don't have to. Like, it's this literally just learning how our bodies work and learning how to get into that sexual activity that's pleasurable coming from a very stressed day. 
and knowing, yep, it's going to take you time to switch one brake to the accelerator and that's normal and you're not broken. Okay, so we're going to put out into the universe our project that was Dr. Tiger's idea that you threw, you threw out at me and I caught it. So <laughs> here we are. Tell them what we're going to do someday. We are going to have the most amazing transformative retreat where we are going to put our two areas of expertise together and just share everything we know so that you can live that really meaningful, fulfilling life, improving your sexual health, independent of how old you are, independent of what's going on, so that you get back that love and feeling. And I love the fact that we both are such, we have such synergy, you know, because I love everything that you do. <laughs> and I'm glad that you're loving what I do. Oh my gosh. I'm like, you're going to, I'm like being so imposter syndrome right now. I'm like, she'll be freeing 90% of it, people. I'm going <laughs> to. No. I, as I was hearing more and more from my clients and I was listening to your podcast and learning more and more from you. And I said, wouldn't it be amazing if we put our two areas of expertise together and just created something incredible for people. And so that's what we're putting out into the universe. <laughs> so someday in the upcoming years, I don't know, we kind of, we kind of picked Asheville, North Carolina, because my in-laws live around there and that's where you live. Yeah. So we're just going to, we're putting it into the universe to feed our baby idea so that it will be reality at some point. We'll keep you guys updated. Yeah. Post COVID we'll all be in person. Exactly. Oh my gosh. It'd be so awesome. Well, Dr. Yes. Tiger, thank you so much for joining us today and telling women that they're not broken and giving them simple tips and tools to transition to get their loving feeling back. <laughs> thank you so much. It's been awesome. Thank you.